Jordan Fuller. Stafford for Cup. Right on cue. Into the end zone. Rams on the board for the touchdown. There's Cooper Cup for the first down. Spinning his way inside the 10 shell. Will Burrow in for the touchdown. Huntley looking in that direction. Trying to navigate and brought down by Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd. On fourth down, Stafford slings. Beckham holds on. End zone. Beckham held on. Touchdown. Rams lead. Hey guys, welcome to episode four of the East Coast Rams podcast. I am your coach co-host Ashton Spencer here with my other co-host Zach Mayer and we have a special guest Rams House great YouTube content creator awesome videos go subscribe to him and check out his content how are you doing David I appreciate you I'm doing really well obviously it's good to be watching this Rams winning streak compared to what was happening in November and as always I love talking Rams with my fellow Rams fans so thank you guys for having me on Mm-hmm. So let's kind of dig into our first quarter and just initial game reactions. Um, it was a very slow first start. Um, Stafford ends up getting two interceptions. Uh, the Ravens just come off with a pick six and two field goals. Uh, what are some of your guys' initial reactions to that first half and another slow ram start? Um, it's just starting to become a big theme, and I feel like against better teams, we won't be able to pull the rabbit out of the hat again. I mean, we're we're going to run out of hat rabbits eventually. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. Like, If we're playing some better teams down the stretch, which we will be coming into the postseason, this needs to be cleaned up because we can't just rely on our defense to keep us in the games. I think our defense has been playing really well since that 49ers loss that we took earlier in the season. Um, they've been just doing an outstanding job, in my opinion, compared to where they were at previously. And so I think for the Rams, just a big thing is getting guys in rhythm, getting guys motivated and excited early, and having a good balance on offense will be good and key. Especially if you get it going in the first quarter where you have a good rhythm, a good balance of everything going, that gives the whole team confidence. It gives Stafford confidence. It gives our receivers confidence. Everybody has a rise in their confidence. And getting up off to that start that we need will really help us benefit, and it will benefit in the later quarters, in my opinion. So getting that rhythm going, getting some quick stuff, and then you can start getting into a bunch of the stuff that we can do well and just not turn over the football. And I think that all starts with just how you start getting in that rhythm. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, we need to get back to the, you know, the first three games of the season where the Rams were coming out on fire and uh, in the beginning of the game because we we can see when when the Rams don't have any turnovers, they're, they're dominant. Uh, you know, it's when they start turning the ball over, you know, that's when the teams keep scoring the points. You go back to any of these games, you go back to this game where, you know, you had a, the immediate pick six. So that's at least seven points that you gave them, but every uh, turnover was at least three points. So I think 16 of the, the turnover or the points that the Ravens had were all from the turnovers that came through that happened in Tennessee that happened with Arizona. Like, all these games that you either were close or you know we we lost it was it was our own doing mm-hmm. yeah I, I completely agree with that we can't hurt ourselves we can't shoot ourselves in the foot um especially when you start playing some better teams turnovers will come back to bite you and you can't just rely on your defense yeah i mean uh, these def- these defenses have come up a, with a reason or a way to to stop us and that's you know, taking the ball away from us. If if we're three and out or we get that turnover and we lose that time of possession game, you know, keeping our offense off the field, that's that's not good news. You know, that means Cooper Cup isn't on the field. That that Stafford's not on the field. OBJ's not on the field. Like our our players who are, you know, are there and are getting paid to make big plays and to get the ball down the field, you know, if you keep them off the field, then that your chances are slim to get points, especially in this high turnover game that we're playing these days. Oh yeah, and like yeah, I I in my preview for this game versus the 49ers, I was talking about how if we turn the ball over to the 49ers, we'll we'll most likely lose because I think for a team like them, they want to take away the ball and hog the ball and just make sure that you don't have enough time to touch the ball and so they want to control the time possession. I think that turning the ball over is going to decide this next game. And that's what we've gotten lucky that it hasn't decided the past games, but for sure, we got to find a way to limit those turnovers. Mm-hmm. 
I, I definitely agree with you guys. It's one of those things where we play into the, the 49ers' hands when, you know, we're running the ball effectively, and then we choose to throw it, like, two times in a row, and then that third time we do a deep bomb. And I feel like McVeigh at points in time, he just gets clouded with wanting to make that big, splashy play when we need to just take what the defense is giving us, and that's what the 49ers kind of play upon you know uh, they just keep on making you wait and wait and get every uh yard very hardly and then when you just are like okay i'll just shoot for a 40 50 yard bomb that's when they mm-hmm. just get that interception or they get that fumble because you're holding back there and you can't see someone open for sure and it's buying us it's buying us especially later on in the game, especially against the 49ers. Now the Ravens, I think a uh, big props to our defense is our run defense has gotten a significantly better since that 49ers game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have been very hard to run on. Now uh, there's caveats to that, right? We didn't play Lamar Jackson in this game and we didn't play against Alvin Cook last week. So I don't know how they're going to do when a fully healthy like running team like 49ers face them now. Now, adding Von Miller, I think, has helped out a lot, especially since he's fully integrated. And we started seeing the second half um, that really play into effect. You saw Von Miller being comfortable in the system now. He got the game-winning sack. Uh it's just really good work on defense. They kept us in it. And um, to in my eyes, the defense of Raheem Morris deserves a lot of credit. I feel like his scheme is starting to work out and this proved it, holding this Baltimore team to only four field goals. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think um, especially when your offense is putting your defense in bad positions, um, giving them good field position, giving them more possessions than they should be, or right as the defense gets off the field and we turn it over, they get it back. Those are not easy situations to win, and I think that for the defense, they've definitely impressed me, especially down this stretch. Mm-hmm. So and, and, the Rams well, the, and uh, no, sorry, oh, the sorry. only thing I was going to say was at the end of the half. I mean, it's when we needed it for we needed it the most. Our defense pulled in mm-hmm. and got that interception just so that we got points on the board. You know, you know, you don't want to go into halftime, you know, down, down 13 points. Uh, you want to, you know, you want to go in with some momentum. And I think that really pulled the offense back in it and, you know, got their mind back in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very questionable calling play calling on the Ravens point of view. When you're having a really successful drive, you're putting nickel and diming us. Like a lot of teams have found success doing to us. Then you just throw a random deep bomb with your backup QB. It was very curious. Um, I don't see why they did it. It ends up getting picked off and uh, the Rams come back and get a touchdown. And uh, let's kind of deep dive more into the second quarter where you really saw um, basically after Stafford has his fumble, even during that drive, really good drive, you started to see the Rams actually be successful with pushing down the ball down the field and Stafford really taking care of the football after that fumble. Yeah. I think again, it goes back into the rhythm and the adjustments that you have to make, especially on the offensive side. I think we began to see that one thing that really bothered me um, about that when we ended up fumbling the ball in the second half was um, it was just like, we were having success with running the ball, pounding the rock with Sony Michelle, and then using play actions, then kind of slanting guys across the field. Um, but whenever we ended up making that turnover, what bothered me was on, I believe it was a third down when he fumbled, but I could be wrong. Um, we went right into the spread set, which we saw in the month of November, how that was not really successful for us. There was pressure in our face. That just wasn't our best way of doing it. It's not to say that we have to eliminate it, but we didn't have much success with it. And I thought with us, running the football as well as we were, how balanced we looked on that drive coming out of the half. I thought that, you know, that was a good chance for us to score, but the spread set did bother me, but I liked how I liked seeing the glimpse of us starting to get back in that rhythm, get back into what we do best. Yeah. For that fumble. Yeah. Uh, it was a first to 10 at the Baltimore 11. Got and it. he fumbled it at the 20. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, you know, we were, we were in the red zone, but you know, the one thing that I did see that I liked from that play was, you know, he, he potentially could have got sacks, you know, a couple seconds earlier, but he got out of that sack and, you know, that's when he was trying to make, you know, trying to make a play. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm glad he's being mobile. You know, I feel like he kept, he's, he's so stuck in that pocket. And, mm-hmm. you know, when he starts, he needs to make sure he's, if he sees things like starting to fall apart, he needs to start moving. Um, you know, I'm, ha- I'm I'll be glad if he takes a sack as long as he doesn't intercept the ball or if he doesn't, you know, fumble it. But, you know, being aware that he may need to use his legs um, needs to be in the forefront of his mind going forward. Well, I, I'll just say to that, I personally think if he had no interceptions up to that point and uh, had a clean game, I wouldn't have had an issue with him trying to make that play with a fumble. But you have to look at it in the context of you already have two interceptions. You really need to take care of the ball because that's three points the Rams could have had if he doesn't fumble that away. And mm-hmm. you're putting your defense again out on the field after a long first half and I feel like Stafford just has to be more of a uh, veteran Uh, those are stupid not stupid but like silly um trying to go extra effort plays that uh we just saw Goff do all the time and never Mm -hmm. really worked out for him for Stafford it definitely does work out sometimes but given the context of this game, I felt like he should have just taken that sack instead of risking the fumble. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, you, you, sure. It's hard. It's hard when you're in the moment, you know, when you're in the QB mm-hmm. and you like, you get out of a tackle or you feel like you're getting out of it, that you want to make that next play. So, you know, it's, it's a tough decision a quarterback's in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so after that fumble, Ravens go get a field goal. Uh, both Ravens and Rams trade punts. And then um, within, I believe, uh, 11 minutes, or sorry, within 56 seconds left in the third quarter, the Rams have a clutch seven-play drive, 55 yards, and they get a touchdown by Sony Michelle. Uh like you said earlier, Sony Michelle running the rock hard. Um, I don't know how you feel about this uh, Rams house, but he has been very clutch. His uh, receiving ability could be a little bit better. He had some drop passes there, but when it comes running the rock, he has been very, very good for us. Very hard runner. He always lands forward. Um, just can't say enough. I think he's trying to earn his way into being our second running back when Cam Akers comes back next year. Oh yeah, I I love Sony Michelle, and I was kind of getting tired of like nothing against him, but I was getting a little bit tired of Henderson um, before like obviously he got injured again and everything like that. But like in my opinion, he wasn't working that well for our offense this year. Like when we were making our adjustments, and he was the type of guy who I feel like yeah he has the home run threat ability. I guess is what a lot of people say about him. Um, but like, to me, he's not a guy who will make somebody miss a lot of the times, kind of like Akers did. And he's not really the biggest power back type of guy. Like I remember in the Seahawks game when we threw it to him, um, and he just got popped by their linebacker. Like he's not really a guy who's impressed me a ton this season. So I think the switch to Michelle has really helped us because not even on plays where he's only getting like four, like two, like three, four yards, like I think the power that he's establishing and what he's showing to the defense is a threat and it tires them out. It wears them out. And I honestly didn't think we were getting that from Henderson again, nothing against him. I think it can be used in some different ways, but I really like what Michelle's bringing to this offense. Yeah. I think, you know, with Henderson, I think he could have, he was, he was doing okay with pass blocking and, mm-hmm. um, and he was a good, he was a good receiver. You know, if you're having, you know, yeah full out wideouts, you know, he was a really good receiver and we've, we've seen Michelle, he's been dropping a couple passes. Some of them weren't so great of a, a pass, but he's been dropping a lot more than I think he should. Um, but I, you're exactly right. You know, when he, if he was in the same position, Sony Michelle's in, you may get one or two yards, but Michelle knows how to push himself mm-hmm. uh, forward to get, you know, the three to four, um, even five yards. And, you know, he's that, he's that kind of uh, running back where, you know, you could have your full uh, offensive line pushing that guy forward, and he's just going to keep on grinding. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I I think it always comes down to who do you trust more on a fourth and one 
to get the ball through the defensive line? Do you trust Henderson or Michelle? And I just trust Michelle more, um, at least just to power through there. I feel like Henderson is really good once he gets an open hole, breaking through the second level. But that's the thing is you're not always going to have an open hole. And he's just – that's why Akers got put over him last year is he wasn't able to get past that first line if it wasn't open. Yeah, for sure. So after the Rams uh, punching that touchdown with Sony Michelle, Ravens counter with a field goal. It's 14-19. And then um, the biggest drive of this game, um, and this drive was crazy to watch because I was just nervous to all heck at this game, guys. Because you were there. I was just like, yeah, yeah, I was there. I was in the end zone they were pushing to, and it felt like every every uh, possession was coming down to the last play. Um, so the Rams end up pushing the ball nine nine plays, seventy five yards. Um, Colm, uh, kind of ending with honestly some of the best catches we've seen this year by OBJ. Uh, tell me if you guys disagree with that. Well, I mean, like, I think, yeah, I was, I'm right with you. I was very nervous, especially when it looked like he'd be fumbled on that drive. I was like, are you kidding me? He fumbled. Um, but luckily that was overturned. I, it was definitely a nerve wracking drive. And I think the big thing for Odell was he came in clutch when we needed him to. And that was, you know, we brought him in for a reason and whether he's having a hundred yard games or whatever like that, it doesn't really matter. It's really about coming in clutch in the moments. And I think, that fourth down catch was as big of a catch as you could have had. Um, and especially when you don't know if the defender is just going to pop you from behind, he made sure he was ahead of the sticks. And then obviously I think the big thing that stood out to me on his touchdown was just the awareness as he's coming over there, not to step out of bounds, catch it, reach it over. And then obviously you got to love the execution on the dance as well. 100%. I mean, I, I was talking to Ashton, you know, before the podcast about, um, the the awareness that OBJ has has had over the last several weeks, mm-hmm. just becoming a Rams fan. Like this guy was coming in thinking that he was a toxic player, and this guy's awareness that he's brought to this team and his his ability to what seems to be like he is a team player for the Rams. Um, you know, a few weeks ago when when he ran backwards to get out of bounds so that he kept the clock running that awareness of knowing where he needs to go and what he needs to do for the Rams to succeed and get the victory is, is great. And, you know, you know, I can, I can forgive him if he missed a route, because again, he's only six, six or seven weeks into this system. I can forgive those things, but his awareness when he does get the ball is just unlike anyone else. It's almost like if we didn't have cup, his awareness is what we would be looking at uh, more than cups, but I could go into cup for all day about, about his physical <laughs> awareness. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And that was the, where we got, um, was where we got, uh, cups cups, like dipping and dodging move or, you know, mm-hmm. he gets like five to seven yards and then all of a sudden, um, he swings back instead of going out of bounds. He swings back in when the defenders thought he was going that way and picked up like 15 more yards. Like that was just unbelievable uh, what he was able to do there. I know. I mean, you, you got to love Cooper cup and everything that he does, everything he knows his, you know, he's a very selfless type of player as well. I mean, he fooled me that he was going out of bounds too. And when you fool me and or fans, then you know that you got the defender as well. I think even though it, he may not be the fastest player in the league. The be the playmaking ability that he has is just like no other. It, it was unreal. Like apparently the thirty-five yard um, pass throw that that one was to Jefferson. He talked to McVeigh about that play. He saw something in that defense that was like, "Oh, I think we can we can do a little bit of a deep ball." Um, and and it, it was it worked to perfection. Uh, his his awareness, the, the the amount of effort that he puts into this team, um, you know, I, I'm going to say this week in and week out, he is an MVP candidate and needs to keep being pushed into that category, not mm-hmm. just what we see him play as far as his position, but what he does to make this team so successful. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. When I saw that he recommended that play, or he saw something in the defense to help, um, you know, call that play, I like uh, I was impressed, but at the same time, I was not surprised. Like this is the type of player he is, and you know, he's a smart player. He reads the defenses like a quarterback, which is really valuable for a wide receiver. Um, it's just crazy everything that he's been able to do because I think for all Rams fans who have seen him throughout his career with us, we all knew that he was really, really good and that he was a very underrated receiver. I think a lot of the world didn't really know that um, just because, you know, he wasn't putting up tons of crazy numbers and everything like that. They A lot of the times we just see him as a good slot receiver. Um, but I think seeing what he has with Stafford this year, the chemistry and all of that, and then you really get to see he's lining everywhere up in the offense. He's doing everything really, really well for us when he's not even just lining up at the wide receiver position only. So I think he just does so many things well, and I'm so glad to have him on our team. For sure. And, you know, we knew the Rams were trying to to kind of clean up that clock at the very end, you know, but they, mm-hmm. they get the TD in with 57 seconds and you're like, oh, no, we're, we're just all thinking we like, we got mm-hmm. Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker's <laughs> all in the back of our minds because, you know, he hit that, what, 66, 67 yard, yeah. um, you know, earlier this season. And you're just like, if they get anywhere near that 50 yard line, we like, yeah. it's over. And um Lucky, lucky for us, you know, our defense held, um, you know, as Ashton was mentioning, you know, getting those big sacks um, at the very end was was clutch into our victory. So, again, our defense pulled up, put up, pulled up and, you know, brought brought their a game this week. Yeah. And like when I was really nervous about Tucker, I was like, this guy could probably make it from the 40 on their own side of the field. Like, I just don't want him anywhere near it. And I was just, you know, so nervous. But then. When I saw Von Miller get that sack, I was like, okay, I, I feel pretty good that we're going to win now. I'm not sure if, like, I wasn't sure if they're going to try to go for a deep route to try to get the pass interference to get him in range. Um, mm-hmm. And then you talk about that big play by Donald just, like, smashing the heck out of, I think it was Marquise Brown on that lateral play. I mean, the defense just definitely stepped up. For sure, for sure. And, you know, they keep stepping up every week. And, you know, I I, I think all Rams fans were kind of um, – we weren't really looking forward to the Raheem Morris uh, defense. And I think it did struggle maybe a little bit to find, um, to find what it was going to be, but they quickly adjusted. And, uh, you know, I, I couldn't be more proud of our defense. I mean, we have the stars, you know, we, we needed to mm-hmm. show that we, that we were a, you know, a top three defense. Yeah. And like coming into the year, I had them pegged probably like a top 10 defense. I didn't think we'd repeat at number one because that's just so rare to see. Even if we kept everybody, it's just rare to see that. Um, with Raheem Morris, I you know that's what I was expecting. The things that would frustrate me was when you would see guys like Leonard Floyd covering Debo Samuel or you know just the players that aren't really supposed to be covering certain top-tier players or like having Ramsey on a running back. That type of stuff kind of bothered me, but I think – the way he's been able to evolve and adjust in what he needs to do has been really cool to see because that would be one of the most frustrating things to me is it's like, oh, we have all these top-tier playmakers, but you know we're just letting any offense go down the field. So it's, it's been really nice to see that development and the growth between them because you got to give them time, obviously, but um, it can get frustrating after a while of seeing things week in and week out. So I'm just glad we made those adjustments. Yeah, you you got to stop throwing for sure, uh, for sure. Ramsey on a blitz a basic linebacker blitz and then having <laughs> no one covering Debo Samuel in like 40 yards down the field. Um, that, that kind of stuff can uh, basically uh, burn you pretty badly. And it did. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'd be fine doing that once in a while, having a Ramsey blitz to get them, you know, to get them in there and just to kind of trick them up a little bit, but you know, let's not, let's not do this, you know, three, four or five times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, to kind of finalize the the game up a little bit, you know, final game time stats. Again, it what wasn't really in the Rams' favor. Time of possession was twenty six and a half minutes for the Rams, thirty three and a half minutes for the Ravens. Turnovers, Rams three, Ravens two. Um, yards, Rams had three seventy three, Ravens three seventy or three twenty seven, and then first downs, Rams twenty, uh, and then Rams nineteen. Oh yeah, I think like. When you're looking at the stats and everything, and even probably looking at the first three quarters of the game, to be honest, you would think that the Rams didn't win this game. But 
again, it's about the team football that you play. Even if one phase is lacking, the others pick you up. I think that's what we really saw. Um, and I think the toughness and the resilience on that last drive that we put in on the offense really showcased our, you know, our mental toughness and everything and how we can respond despite having the day like that for sure. Yeah, I I really think it just comes down to uh, Stafford is clutch in the fourth quarter, and I feel like he's been one of the he has been the best QB in the fourth quarter. Now, if he can limit the turnovers and limit the mistakes and stop this Jekyll and Hyde type of uh, way of like coming out very slowly in the first half, it just makes it where you're not digging yourself in a hole. It and mm-hmm. I feel like this Rams team, the entire season has been them multiple games digging themselves in holes. And most of the time they get out of them, right? But sometimes they haven't. And in the playoffs, if you go to Lambeau and you throw pick six, we're probably not going to win that game. No matter how mm-hmm. hard you try, because the guy on the other side of the field will definitely take care of the ball, and I almost don't expect him to make any mistakes. So you you got to be perfect when you want to be one of the best, uh, and I think we definitely have the potential to do that. Yeah, I mean, when with a guy like Rogers, like you were talking about, he's a guy who rarely makes any mistakes. He barely throws any interceptions. Um, He's seen it all, and he knows how defenses play really, really well. And so, yeah, I completely agree with you. we got to clean those things up. I, I know that we can. I think the first half of the season, uh, we really saw what this team could be like when we were playing clean football. And I think we just got to get back to that, whatever we need to do, whatever adjustments we need to make. Um, I think that's what we need to do down the stretch. Can I – so just as an Aaron Rodgers stat comparison to Stafford – Aaron Rodgers has only thrown three pick sixes in his entire career. His entire NFL career. And Matthew Stafford has thrown four this season. Yeah, that's not good. (laughs) No. So definitely cleaning up that, that ball game is, is something that we're, we're definitely going to need to work on Stafford. Hold on to the ball, take the sack rather than, you know, throw it down, let punt it away if we have to, but uh, Mm -hmm. let's, let's not give them easy points. Uh, let yeah. them earn those points. Because, you know, if you look at all the, the field goals that the defense held them to, how many points would they have scored? Like, how many more points would they have now if all those were touchdowns instead of field goals? I mean, you're mm-hmm. in the upper 30s if if you're going that route. Oh, yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, so kind of going into the offensive highlights of the game, you know, we, we, we've been talking about Stafford, uh, continued his, you know, three uh, three turnovers in this game. He was 26 for 35, 309 yards, two touchdowns, um, two ten interceptions in that. And then we talked about the fumble. Um, again, don't probably need to go much more into that. Uh, OBJ, you know, becoming that team player, you know, within six weeks, um, five carries, 39 yards, one TD, um, came in for that clutch fourth and five in the end zone, which we've kind of, we kind of discussed, um, you know, just his awareness um, is just, is something that it's hard for most players. And, you know, you could, you can look on any NFL team and, you know, there's a whole bunch of talented receivers who can catch a ball, but having that awareness of knowing what to do with the ball after the fact, um, is something that, you know, a lot of those young, especially young receivers don't, don't have. Yeah. Oh yeah. I completely agree. Um, I, I think a big thing about OBJ and what some national broadcasters who love to hate on him won't say, uh, a lot of reasons, at least the last two games, why he hasn't been getting big yardage isn't necessarily because he isn't getting open or running great routes. Like he's been doing his job for four quarters, last two games very well. It's been almost entirely because Stafford in the first half misses him um, on some big plays or some really, really easy receptions. So uh, for the most part, he's been doing what we brought him in to do. We didn't bring him in to be wide receiver too. That's what he's turned into, but we didn't bring him in to do that. That wasn't the job. He was supposed to be a really good red zone target, be a very good wrinkle in this 
Sean McVay offense and have Robert him and Robert Woods bounce kind of play off of each other. He's had to take a bigger role, which to his credit, he's done a great job doing. Yeah, and I think those misses to him, especially when you took a look at it in the Vikings game with Stafford missing him, he could have had a, a huge game. But I think one of the things that he's also doing that goes unnoticed, which is kind of compar- comparable to Aaron Donald, is he, even if he's not getting the ball or getting targets or anything like that, he's opening up other guys and other opportunities for the other guys because with the type of player that Odell is, I mean, you say his name, you know who he is, and you know he's a threat. And so I think defenses a lot of times are trying to take him away. Um, even if, you know, the focus is on Cup, sometimes you can't take him away because we move him around everywhere, so you can't really take him away every every snap. So I think Odell can be opening things up for these other guys, and that's similar to what Aaron Donald does well. Like, some people are like, well, he's not that good of a player anymore because he doesn't get all these sacks or anything, but it's not about that. It's about the impact he's making. And the pressures obviously are there. The sacks are still there. But I think that he also opens up the game for other guys to get sacks and have good years as well. And I think that's just kind of the effect we're seeing with Odell. But yeah, no doubt. I think if Stafford isn't missing him as much, he could be having some bigger games. Yeah, and I mean, and we've we've heard it. OBJ is rooting for Cooper Cup. He's rooting mm-hmm. for him to to get to win those um, yardage goals and you know take over so the the crown um, from some of the f- formal wide receivers. And he's all in for it. And that's why I said he's just he seems like such a team player. And so the atmosphere he must have been on all these other teams just just wasn't clicking with him. Like it must yeah. not have been these tight joint teams where they're all playing for each other it's the we not me mentality and he had to know that going into this yeah i completely agree uh so uh continuing on uh let's talk about cup because you mentioned them a little bit earlier um obj wanting cup to break 2k and do you guys think a couple break 2k this next game i mean i it's hard to tell i think when you're playing a team like the 49ers who know you pretty well, when you're playing a team who I believe they won five in a row versus us and you just want to be able to beat them going into the playoffs, I don't think the focus is on getting cup, the you know, getting that record or going get, getting to 2,000 yards. And I think the Rams will definitely be trying to involve him. They'll try to help him into that. But in my opinion, I think there's way bigger things to worry about not being able to beat this, this team five like five consecutive times you haven't been able to beat them. I think the focus is more about the team. Obviously, it always should be, but I think it'd be a different story if we were playing a team like the Texans or the Lions or the Jets where you're not as worried about being beaten and having to game plan hard because we have, like, we have to acknowledge the 49ers know us and they've been playing us really well no matter who they have at quarterback, no matter who they have on the roster. So I think that Cup still has a very Cup type of day, but I don't know if he goes to 2,000 yards as much as I would like him to. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of yardage. You know, he's at 1,829 at the moment. If you go back to uh, the game against the 49ers earlier in the season, he had 11 receptions for 122 yards. So, you know, if he has the same game as he had last time, you know, he doesn't quite um, – he doesn't quite make it, but again, he even he's kind of even come out to say recently that you know, he, saying he broke records when they added another game isn't quite fair to those play, people who did it sooner than he did, mm-hmm. um, and that's just another like this team is not really. I mean, I think there's players who are rooting uh, Cup on, but I don't think it's their number one priority to you know make sure uh, he wins you know all of these you know awards or whatever whatever. Like this is a team focused on. We need to take care of business. We need to get to the number two seed. We need to take care of the West, and then we can move on from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I completely. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, the other two notes to really mention um, is uh, Sony Michelle uh, continuing to grind that ball: nineteen carries, seventy-four mm-hmm. yards, and uh, one touchdown. Yeah, and, and again, I think he's just the right running back for what we're doing right now. He's, I, in my opinion. He, as well as the defense, I think the defense deserves it more. But I think Michelle is one of the biggest reasons with how many wins we were getting in December, going undefeated in December. I think that's really when we saw our identity starting to come out in the use of him. 
uh, I, I think he just provides such a threat to people. I don't think people even want to tackle him with the type of player that he is and the way his play style and the hard running, physical running. And again, he could be stopped maybe like at the line of scrimmage and he pushes ahead for another three, four yards. And guys, the offensive line, they've said it before, they love to block for a guy like that. I think he has been a reason for the stability on our offense, not just the sole reason for it, but I think he's been helping out a lot in that case. And I was happy to see him down that stretch of that game. Just even throughout the game, the Ravens are the number one rush defense in the NFL, and he was still creating some runs there against the number one defense. Sure, he was stuffed a few times. Sure, he wasn't having the best runs, but what do you expect when you're playing a defense like that? So I was happy with that production he had. Yeah, definitely great production against a great running defense. And you got to take it in that context. And this is one of those games I would have been fine if McVeigh decided to go for like three pass plays in a row in the red zone. You kind of expect the need to do that against a team like this. It's not the same context of like last week we do what six passing plays in the red zone in a row against a defense that struggled against the run and we were getting six seven yards a pop like you you got to look at stuff in a context and Michelle he's done a great job against bad defenses and good defenses and I think that's kind of the quality in uh, what we really needed from our run game to get our offense going and that's been the reason why our offense has done better in the second half I believe is building on that run from the first half mm-hmm yeah, makes total sense. All right, guys, let's go into halftime and just break down some Rams news. Uh, so basically the playoff picture is um, pretty simple when it comes to winning the number two seed, guys. All we have to do is win the next game, 49ers, and we win our division and we win the two seed. It, it's as simple as that. Um, the other kind of potential playoff picture, uh, it could end up be, we could end up being the third seed if we lose to the 49ers and the Buccaneers win, uh, and the Cowboys, um, end up losing. So there's different ways that could kind of work out. Uh, the 49ers could be, uh, who we play at six, depending on if the, uh, what saints lose and then also there's a lot of different stuff that could go into it we could end up being the fourth seed if we lose to the 49ers but the cardinals also lose and the buccaneers and cowboys win so what when looking at the seeding what are you guys kind of looking for in uh, I know we want the two seed, but do you think if we end up getting that two seed, even if we lose and we play the 49ers, do you think that's very desired? Because if the Bucks lose and also the Cowboys lose, we would still be the two seed and the Cardinals lose. I mean, in my opinion, do whatever you can not to play the Niners in the playoffs. That's my opinion. I mean, the first round, whoever we end up playing, I think we can definitely be. I, I definitely think this is a team that can beat any team. It's just really about how we execute. Um, for me, it's just whoever, you just got to do your best not to play the 49ers because even if we win this game versus them, which I'm confident that we can, uh, I think you just don't want to play them in the playoffs. They know us. They've played us really tough, really well. And then the other priority, obviously, is trying to get the home field advantage. Obviously, the Packers got the number one seed, but you can still do your job to be able to get home field advantage as long as you don't play the Packers. So that's my my thing. I just don't want to play the Niners. Yeah, it's oh, it's one of those tricky things where would you rather play the Niners or the Cardinals? And, you know, it, it, I guess it depends on who's going to be QB1 for the Niners. I mean, it looks like uh, that all signs port to Garoppolo making his return, even with a damaged finger. Um, and that always seems to be a, a bad sign for the Rams when Garoppolo plays. Uh, but at, at the same time, you know, do I really want to face, do I really want to face Murray either? I, yeah. It, it's kind of one of those, uh, you know, I, I can't decide between those two teams. The other ones I could kind of, you know, pick and choose what I want, but, um, you know, I really don't want to play face either one of the ones it, in the West. 
those are tough games to begin with and having to face an opponent three times in a season is it would be very poetic and very nice if our first win against them knocks them out of the playoffs at the same time we don't have to see them again Mm -hmm. and we get someone like the eagles i think that would be kind of a dream sequence while the eagles are really good pass defense and a really good running team which sounds very much like the 49ers um, I feel like the Eagles could present us some troubles, but ultimately the 49ers know us so well, it doesn't matter how good or bad they are in a relative season. They just play us so hard, and I feel like it's their Super Bowl, whether or not they're going to the playoffs or not. And you add in the fact that their playoff berth is potentially on the line. Um, Zach, the, this is one of those things that – it's a must win for them almost and uh, they don't want to leave it up to fate and they will definitely have a lot of motivation. For sure. Yeah. I mean, they want to be, they want to be in the playoffs just as much as, you know, we want to be number two seed. And so, you know, they're going to, they're going to continue on and fight. Mm-hmm. All right. So on other news, um, AT&T Stadium is now being lined up as a potential backup Super Bowl location if COVID derails the Super Bowl and sci-fi. Uh, guys, I would be very sad if SoFi is not the host of the Super Bowl, especially I feel like that's the most Rams thing to ever happen is if we go all the way to the Super Bowl <laughs> just to have it like the week before be like, oh, no, it's going to be played at the Cowboys now. It's like ah, oh, lovely. Yeah, but surely they would have to, they would have to have that planned out very quickly. I mean, geez, I mean, you know how much it takes to get a Super Bowl, uh, get a Super Bowl town ready. You know, I I had the luxury of getting it. Um, you know, when it was here hosted in Indianapolis, and like the amount of. Uh, money that comes into these cities and all the promises that are getting made and um, all the hotels being reserved and the flights booked and all these other things. And then, you know, a week later saying, eh, we're going to move it to a completely different city, you know, Mm -hmm. in a different time zone. Um, Man, I know they have these things for just in case of emergency situations. Like this isn't the first time they've had a backup location in mind. But man, to to do it in a short window would would take almost a miracle itself without pushing it back even farther, which I guess is potential. They could move the Super Bowl back if they had to. Yeah, I I mean, I was so excited coming into the season knowing that it would be at our stadium. It feels like it's been forever since that's happened. Um, But, you know, I was like, of course I had to be Dallas. But I, I mean... As long as it doesn't happen, I'll be fine. I, like you said, it's happened in the past where they have the backups and stuff. So just hopefully nothing ends up making it where we actually have to play there um, because I'm confident we can go to that Super Bowl. And if we can get the home field advantage there, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just in the news because, you know, COVID is all around us. And so, yeah. you know, when they say backup, you know, we have to have a backup because, you know, COVID, you know, then we have to yeah. make a big deal about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Nothing's finalized yet. It's just the backup. Okay, guys, let's go in the quarter three and talk about some defensive highlights. Uh, let's start off with the big elephant in the room, Ramsey versus Rap. Uh, Ramsey slaps Rap after the first drive. It was um blown out of proportion. I feel like a lot of the media just wanted something to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, Ramsey is a very emotional player, and let's be honest, Rap does do silly things from time to time. Um, what are your guys' kind of reaction to the beef, that that beef that went on? Yeah. Well, go ahead. No, I, you know, when I saw, I was, you know, I'm watching it from my home. I know you were at the stadium, so you have a different perspective for it. But, you know, watching it from home, I, I noticed something weird. And then they go back to the huddle and all of a sudden you hear a whistle. And then the, the announcer is like, you know, directing over, it looks like there's a, a uh, you know, uh, like a little fight between the uh, defensive players. You're like, what is going on? And then you you see the last second, like jab to the to the face mask, you know, in open palm, you know, not like a not like he was throwing a punch. It was more just like, what were you thinking? Kind of a 
thing. And, you know, it was unfortunate that it was caught on camera and, you know, they did it while they were on the field instead of, you know, having a discussion afterwards. But, you know, these guys are professionals. They get paid to get to do this. Um, and so, you know, obviously we don't want to see that on the field and, you know, that could have deteriorated the defense even, even more, but we saw that they, they held, you know, they, you know, they bent quite a bit, but they never broke, which was, which is, you know, the most important thing you can ask for. Yeah. I, I think for me, like you guys were talking about, it was blown out of proportion. Um, it was really weird to see with that, but like, obviously when you have competitors like this, guys who get really in, into the game you'd expect this eventually it's definitely really weird like i said in one of my videos i think it's weird to see out of a rams team because of the culture that we have that we've established but it's just you know you move on from it it's not like it was a whole fight that broke out it was just like one little thing there obviously you don't want to see that ever again but i I didn't see this as like a huge threat or that we're melting down or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, uh, definitely a very silly thing. Uh, people saying the the entire Rams team is melting down. Like, calm, calm down. We're we're twelve and four. We're not like six. We're not six and <laughs> ten and having our teammates fight each other. Um, let's kind of dig into the yeah. D line. I think the majority of the defensive highlights can come down to our defensive line being very dominant this entire game. I mean, we didn't have huge flashy plays because really the uh, Ravens never really tried to throw downfield a lot. It was a majority like very run heavy, uh, short passing game. And Donald uh, Miller, Floyd, I, I believe we had five sacks on the day, just dominant defensive line play. Um, fl- the way Miller had the game ending sack, it was a very, there's a good video to, him talking about I believe it's called a phantom block uh kind of method of how he gets underneath and goes around defenders or Mm -hmm. sorry o-linemen and he got the sack that way I mean uh really really I'm really happy to see the fact that he's growing into our system and we're finally seeing Von Miller make huge plays Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I I agree with you. I, I, I like I was talking about earlier. I think when we got that sack late, I was like, okay, I think that we're good now. I think we won the game, and that's what it's what it's like what we were talking about with Odell. Whether he's putting up huge stats or not, he's making an impact. And when you're counting on the players that you trade for, like the Rams did with Miller, um, and then obviously assigning OBJ, I think you expect them to make those plays when it really matters in the big moments, and that's what we saw from both those guys. So. Very happy to see that, not only because it helped us win the game, but I'm sure it was cool for them as well. Yeah, you know, I think Gaines would have been a lot quicker and, you know, would have got to the quarterback a little bit faster if his hand wasn't broken. I know it has nothing to do yeah. with his running capability, but, you know, dude was playing injured and um, and even had to, you know, sit out for the last, uh, at least the last half of the fourth quarter. But, um, but you know, man, Greg freaking Gaines, he's he's – he's becoming a monster of itself. And it just feels like our front line is just made of monsters and it's really hard. You know, even Oboe, when he comes in, he does his job well as a rotational piece. Like it's, it's, it's just great to see all those guys like being a strong front um, that we can rely on week to week. Even, you know, even when our offense may not be clicking on all cylinders right off the bat, Mm -hmm. we know that our defense um, has that, has that capability to keep them, to keep them fresh and keep them in the game. Yeah, the front can determine a lot in a game, and I think we have the one who can really take over in the playoffs, and hopefully that ends up happening because I definitely think they're a huge difference maker with the type of guys we have. Yeah, this is this is this is the All Star team. Like, this is the team you want to see, you know, going in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm really looking forward to see them uh, continue that that streak. For sure. All right, guys, let's go into quarter four and go ahead and talk about this 49ers versus Rams game. Of course, uh, we have lost the last five games. Uh, Rams house, this is the last game of the regular season. What exactly are you looking for for the Rams to approach this game differently than the last five 
times that we have lost and we have lost in a very like different amount of ways we've lost in high shootouts we've lost in low scoring brawls Mm -hmm. like how do you see this game going and how, how do you think we can approach it differently to finally get that dub well yeah i think it's this has obviously been shown historically for a, a tough matchup for us no matter who's out there i think last year we saw it with nick mullins like when we were playing him he was able to beat us i think for me the number one thing that we need to see and that we have been seeing recently with this rams team is stopping the run because no matter if it's trey lance playing or if it's jimmy garoppolo playing I do think if you eliminate the run game on any team, that makes it hard for them to win, especially when they're playing a front like ours. But when you're playing a team specifically like the 49ers, the run game is how they win games, at least for right now. They love to control the possession, the time of possession. They love to tire out defenses, grind out the games, and then when they're passing the ball, they like to hit those quick plays or you know, the five yard and in routes, or you, they love to do things that way. And so you get tired and they can move down the field again. And then that in turn helps the defense rest. So I think for the Rams and what we really saw last time when we played them before our rush defense really improved, they were able to run all over us, do whatever they wanted. And they barely even passed the ball when they did. It was just the quick stuff. And that completely exhausted us. And the turnovers were coming. It just, it just felt like left and right from us. And so I think you can't get down early, and I don't think that we will. I think we got to just, you know, start off by establishing the run with Michelle and then, you know, get those pass plays going, get that going. Don't turn the ball over. And I think stopping the run is a key. If we let the 49ers, I'm going to say it right now, if we let them go over 100, 150 yards, I don't think we win this game. Yeah, I was looking up the stats from last game. They had 156 rushing yards. Jeez. Um, 156 yards, and we had 52. Daryl Henderson had the most carries, five for 31 yards, and then so did Michelle, four for 20 yards. So it, it we definitely were very pass heavy. 41 pass attempts by Stafford. Um, you know, it, you know, again, it was another good game for Cooper Cup. You know, in stats for the most part, but again, you know, that was just in reception and yards. He didn't get a touchdown that game. You know mm-hmm. the they spread it out um, as far as their rushing went. Um, uh, Mitchell went for 27 carries for 91 yards. And then they used Debo as kind of like that, um, that other running back, uh, even though he's a receiver and went five carries for 36 yards doing jet sweeps, you know, going from one side of the field. And then they went to the other side of the field and, you know, he was given seven, seven point two yards every time he got the ball. Yeah, I think, the way that the 49ers offense works, if we can stop that run, shut it down, or even just hold them to like 30, 40 yards, we definitely come out with the win. We also can't let Debo get going either. Yeah, the the biggest focus should be stopping the run and then secondary shutting down Debo. And if you do those two things, the chances the 49ers win, it it's going to be very low, but we haven't been able to do that. So hopefully McVay's... It hopefully stops overthinking stuff because I feel like sometimes we get put in holes in these 49er games because Sean McVay just wants to enforce his will. And Shanahan is smart enough to know what McVay likes to do. And McVay is too stubborn to want to change it. And he's like, oh, you're not going to stop me from throwing Mm -hmm. 40 times this game. And then he just forces it. And we don't have Aaron Rodgers. We can't do that. And um, hopefully that's uh, evolution we see from Sean McVay this time is a little bit more balance. And the times we have almost been the 49ers are when we've taken a more balanced approach to it. Mm-hmm. It also helps if our receivers catch the ball because uh, last game I, I've, it felt like we had 20 draft <laughs> drops, like 20 drops. Van Jefferson, I think, dropped mm. a 20 yarder. I, I remember that specifically. Uh, just some big drops and can't do that against a team this talented. And, you know, it feels like the 49ers choose to play like the 85 Bears on defense and uh, the Green Bay Packers <laughs> on offense. And uh, we, we got to be on our P's and Q's if we want to pull it out. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, like one of the turnovers that we had, I believe it was a pick six, was because it was a dropped pass. It was a throw to the, on a screen to Higby, and it went right out of his hands into Jimmy Ward's hands, and he took it to the house. We can't make those little mistakes either because they'll, they'll come back to bite us. Yeah, I mean, that one wasn't, I don't really feel it was Stafford's fault. That was more of a Higby no. should have caught that and brought it in, and, and that was definitely on, on Higby's fault. But, um, but yeah, no, agree. They need to, they need to get their, their hands on the ball and keep grip and, you know, move forward. Mm-hmm. Any any kind of you know two minute warning? Any type of, any closing remarks? We may get KM Acres back, maybe possibly. Yeah, I I'm excited for that. I was actually just looking on the Rams Twitter, and they're posting that he's expected to play, and you know they're doing like the little hype reels and stuff like that. So for me, I think if you see him, obviously it's impressive what he's done to be able to come back. I think if you see him and he's not doing things very well, he's not running very well. You obviously can just go back to Michelle, which is a good luxury that we have there. Uh, but I think that we ease him in kind of slowly. But I like the more and more I am hearing about it, the more excited I'm getting for Cam Akers. Mm-hmm. As long as Ashley, it's what about being you? done with his, uh, as long as it's being done with his health first, and I believe the team is uh, with that caveat. I actually feel like he's only going to get five or six carries, right? But I feel like he could pop a big one. Yeah, um, I agree. It's, it, I really do mm-hmm. think he'll pop like a 30 or 40-yarder. Um, I If he's coming back, he must be showing something in practice, saying that he has that burst, that he still has that energy. I just don't see why you would bring a, True. a running back who was injured in the offseason back for a – your last game if he's not 100% or not showing that burst. Like to me, that doesn't make a lot of sense and risk that re-injury when he could possibly not do much for you. So I I think he's going to have more burst than people expect. And, you know, we haven't seen a running back with his type of injury uh, in the NFL modern, modernly, especially come back the the how quickly he did so it'll be interesting to see how he does and if he does do well man modern medicine is crazy and uh, cam makers will to come back is crazy and it's just a miracle for him and hopefully he stays healthy for a playoff run if he is coming back and uh gonna see significant snaps yeah, yeah I, i'm guessing he's gonna I think- be no, go ahead. No, go ahead. You're good. Oh, I was just gonna say, I, uh, I think he's gonna be used very minimally. Oh, sorry, we're we're overstepping each other. I think no, he's gonna be good. used a little minimally. Um, you know, I yeah, I feel like he's gonna be used minimally. It's gonna be one of those things where I think he's gonna be out. Maybe uh, he's gonna be out there maybe five or six times. Um, mm-hmm. I honestly think maybe run once and maybe be you know more of a like uh, uh, position more towards the wideout. Start off uh, you know as a protector or as a runner, and then moved out to the wideout to be a you know, more um, just to give Stafford a little bit more weapons when he when he is passing the ball. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I see him. I don't see him as going to be much of a pass blocker for this game. Uh, no, I, I I just would want to use him very cautiously. Yeah, like easing him back into it. I think is the best way to go for sure. All right, you want to do predictions? I had. In my prediction video, I had the Rams winning 24-13. to That's not to say that it's an easy win, but I think we really start to pull away probably near the third and fourth quarter, and I think our defense steps up in a big way. Ashley, what about you? Uh, ooh. Let's see, let's see. I have the Rams winning 24-23. to in a nail biter. Ooh, nice close one. Nice. Uh, yeah, my prediction is twenty to thirty-four Rams. Nice. I do feel I'll like they're that. gonna make a comeback. Ooh, yeah. All right. Well, I think that uh, about does it for this week's episode of the East Coast Rams podcast. You can always send questions and feedback to feedback at eastcoastrams.com or hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Zach Mayer. And uh, Ashton's at at Rams fan Ashton one. 
And a big shout out to our special guest, David Hamlin uh, with Rams House. Uh, you can follow him at Rams House 2 um, or his YouTube channel. Do you want to promote that a little bit? Yeah, so I just do things, all things covering the Rams, whether it's game previews, reactions to different things, signings, trades, whatever is about the Rams. That's what I'm going to be talking about with you guys. Um, I appreciate you guys having me on so much. It's been a pleasure to talk Rams with you guys. Pleasure all ours. It's great to have you on here. Thank you so much. Ashton, you want anything? add anything final? Uh, no, thank you so much for being on here, Rams House. Uh, I thought it was a really great conversation. And uh, hopefully we can win the two seed. If you had told me at the beginning of the season, uh, you would be, what, 13 and four and have the two seed. Uh, I would not complain at all. Uh, so hopefully they can go out there and finally get that monkey off no their way. back. That way going into the playoffs, Stafford can uh, get that monkey off his back and get his first playoff win. So we can stop hearing everyone just use that against them. <laughs> I completely agree. Thank you guys so much. All right. Well, let's finish up by claiming the West, Ramley. Horns yep, up. Let's do it.